The future of the National Football League will be on full display Thursday night when the NFL draft gets underway. 32 players will be welcomed as the next generation of superstars. In all, 259 players will recognize their dreams. It all begins with Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's big-armed, long-haired phenomenon that many believe is about to take the NFL by storm. Then there is BYU's Zach Wilson, seen as the new generation's quarterback. Will his swagger lead him to the Big Apple, where he could step into the shadows of Broadway Joe? Will it be Trey Lance's time? With an electric play style, he can prove that you don't need to play at a big school to play big. And speaking of big schools, can Alabama's Mac Jones silence the doubters and catapult himself into the top of the draft? And then there is the curious case of Justin Fields. So many questions about why there are so many questions. Will he silence detractors and prove that he's the next generational talent? Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith leads a playmaking group of wide receivers like fellow Alabama teammate Jalen Waddell and LSU standout Jamar Chase. The next group of defensive stars may hear their names on Thursday night. Linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State, cornerback Patrick Sertan Jr. of Alabama, and South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn lead the next dynasty of defenders. And don't forget about the big guys up front. Oregon's Panay Sewell, and Northwestern's Rashawn Slater will look to pave a pathway to the top of the draft. The question is, who is your team picking? We try to answer that next on the 2021 NFL Mock Draft, presented by the Sunday Card. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time for the show. The fate of the future of the National Football League rests in the hands of two men today. Welcome to the Mock Draft 1.0 only edition of the Sunday card here, right here, anywhere you're listening. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Sports Country Radio, all these things. Dan Zampana, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth will be making picks, picks, picks for every first round pick that every team has. And we might throw in some surprises and fun for you as well. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, will be putting in all the sounds and all of the picks into our Excel spreadsheet that we've created for you, Matt Silberth, I have not been excited for a show like this in a very long time. I I have 16 picks ahead of me that are just so important. Uh, the the only easy one that I have to make is the first one, and everyone after that, I am I am confused. I've got I have maybe four to five options for every team. I mean, this is uh, I feel like I'm in a war room. I really understand why this is so stressful. I said I think I need to go invest in a giant whiteboard. Because uh, I just need to write all these names down uh, in front of me, but we're going to do our best here today, and and again try and try and fix some of these franchises, fill some holes, meet we some are, needs. We are gonna we're gonna be looking at the vertical and horizontal board and all that great stuff, and you know trades are available and on the table, so they will be a part of this mock draft today. I guess 
We'll just get right into it then, Matt. I mean, Thursday night will be the night that the uh, NFL future has changed forever. So I believe our uh, esteemed commissioner, Lou Paracone, has opened the draft. The 2021 Sunday card NFL mock draft is officially open. We are going to basically what we're going to do is alternate picks, but we are locked into those teams. So we get traded. We're staying with the teams that we have. So without further ado, Matt Sobreth, you have the first pick in the draft, sir, that belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You are on the clock. Look, we know the Jacksonville Jaguars, they won the lottery that the, that every team or every team between the Jets and the Jaguars were hoping to win, and that is the Trevor Lawrence lottery. So with the first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars will take Trevor Lawrence to go pair up with Urban Meyer and try and get the Jaguars back to the playoffs and back to an AFC championship game. It seems like this has been the pick forever and ever. Amen. It's really for the last two or three years. You got to think about that. Uh, I can't blame you. That's it. I mean, everybody's saying generational talent. Everybody's saying he's got all the intangibles, all everything he's got had gotten a little hot water, apparently for some comments made about not, you know, loving the game as much as certain people might, but he walked those back. Trevor Lawrence is clear cut. If you're going to bet it's minus 10,000 right now for him to be the first pick. So what can you say? Wow. That's minus 10,000. That's insane. Uh, But yeah, I mean, this, this has been the pick forever. Like I said, it's, it's not too much to think about the only easy pick that I have to make. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. All right. I guess we'll move on because we knew that that was going to be the pick anyway. Uh, Lawrence to the Jaguars. All right, so I guess I'm on the clock now. And, Lewis, I've got your New York Jets. Broadway lights are here. They traded away Sammy D to Carolina. They have decided that there's a quarterback in their midst that is better than Sammy D. And you know what? I don't know if that's true, but we could say that it appears that there is one quarterback that they have had their minds on. I disagree with the pick. If it's me here... And I think we all know who it is. Zach Wilson of BYU is going to be the Jets pick uh, for all intents and purposes. Unless something crazy happens, I would be stunned. That's all we've heard is Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Uh, To me, I wouldn't make that pick. I'd make Justin Fields the pick. I think he is the most talented guy in this draft, like 1A, 1B with Lawrence. I think he really is that good and provides a little bit more dynamism. But for me, and for the sake of this draft, and for the sake of torturing Maddie with the next pick, I'm going to take Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU, as the next quarterback of the New York Jets. Yep. So this now all falls to me and the 49ers at the number three pick after they have traded up with the Dolphins. Um, and, you know, everybody's talking. They're clearly – you don't move this far up in the draft if you're not taking a quarterback – but the giant question of the draft that everyone's dying to know is just which one is it going to be out of these guys left? The man that uh, Dan was just talking about, Justin Fields, whose name has just not only slipped past the two, but is now seeming like he is not even a lock to be the pick at three for the 49ers because mm-hmm. there is so much Mac Jones hype out there. Uh, everybody talking about Mac Jones. And, and, you know, again, we are saying how Shanahan probably – Loves what he what he has between the ears with Mac Jones and this you know this galaxy football brain that I've been reading about on Twitter that this guy is just next level. Um, but with that being said, they also say they're still committed to Jimmy Garoppolo for this next year, and that's why I think my pick for the San Francisco 49ers 
is going to be a long-term quarterback project and they are going to take Trey Lance because it fits the narrative of Jimmy Garoppolo being there for the next year or two. And Trey Lance is the guy that everybody's talking about as this big upside of this great potential that he can have. Obviously he didn't play all of last year, so he's not a guy to come in and play right away. But I think that Shanahan down the line sees this guy as being able to be molded to fit his system perfectly with his arm, his arm ability, his running ability. And they are going to take Trey Lance to get into that quarterback room and learn the Kyle Shanahan system and, and still stick with Jimmy Garoppolo going for another year or two. Wow. That is the first surprise of the day. I was not expecting that. I really thought Mac Jones would be the guy that you would take at the end of the day, but Look, Trey Lance, 21 years old, six foot three, 224 pounds, runs like an, a, a gazelle. I mean, and he's huge, has a lot of room, reminds me a lot of kind of a hybrid uh, between, he's got the speed, really, the speed of somebody I would say close to like, you know, Michael Vick esque, but he a little more looks like a Steve McNair when he's out there playing. He's got mm-hmm. that ability to throw on the run, make plays outside the pocket. Look, Trey Lance, man, is is certainly a project. There's no question because of his uh, lack of, you know, time played. I mean, he really only played in 2019. He only played one game in 2020. But in that 2019, he threw 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions, zero interceptions in 16 games at North Dakota State. Also ran for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns in that seat. I mean, he is an absolute unbelievable athlete that I have loved, loved, loved. I hope that this is the pick, honestly, because I think Trey Lance has the highest ceiling, really. And I and this is a controversial thing for me to say. I think Trey Lance is the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft. I think the sky is the limit for this dude. I love the pick. I love Trey Lance. And that's my thoughts. I think I think Shanahan's smart enough that he sees what he sees in the talent and what he can do. And and again, it just it still fits with what they're saying with where Jimmy is their guy. This I mean, it just it all fits into line with that where they could still move up. You need to take this special talent before anybody else gets their hands on him um, and still go forward with Jimmy G. Because I know that like Mac Jones is the pick, but it's I mean, if if you're trading that much up, what much more does Mac Jones give you over Jimmy Garoppolo? Like it's, it feels like it's an equal exchange at that point. Really? I guess maybe if you could trust Mac a little bit more, if you feel like Jimmy's let you down in the Super Bowl and, and some of these past seasons, just his injuries. But um, I think if you're moving that far up, you need to get a game changer, a special talent, a different breed. And Mac Jones isn't a different breed than Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance is, is that standout kind of talent. He is. He is. You know, I'll say though, is I still don't believe that's going to happen. If that was, I don't, I don't, I don't think think so either. Yeah. I I think that Mac Jones is the guy, although, although I have heard just reports recently that just came out yesterday uh, that Mac Jones, although is rumored as the league favorite inside of league circles to be the guy to get picked. There were reports out of San Francisco yesterday that Kyle Shanahan did meet with Trey Lance's parents seems like there was one reporter that said it seems like he's the guy so i would not be surprised if trey lance is the pick but i will say my money if i was going to bet on it would be on mac jones now we go to you danny with the number five uh number four pick with the atlanta falcons uh and you did disclose to me that you would be interested in trading down uh trading down this with this team is what you were thinking here yes absolutely Absolutely. I would be willing to trade down for the right price. Now, 
this is where the draft, like San Francisco is where a mystery happens, but this is where the trap draft really begins is what exactly, because Atlanta can go in a million different ways. Now Trey Lance is off the board. Fine. So now we do have options at quarterback. We do have Mac Jones and we do have that Georgia kid. We do have that Georgia kid in Justin Fields. He is still available. So that makes a lot of sense for us. But Matt Ryan is still under contract and he's really not going to be able to get moved. So at any point here, I would probably be looking for a trade down to see what I could get. If I'm not getting a trade down, and so far I'm not aware of me getting a trade down, uh, I am probably going to make the pick here. And this is my probably my favorite, favorite prop of any prop that we have. Now, this price has been juiced up, but I think this guy absolutely is going within the top five, and I think he'll go to Atlanta. Because of the Matt Ryan situation, they are completely locked into that contract. I think they need to replace another guy, though, and it's Julio Jones. Julio Jones is not going to be there that much longer. They need a playmaker with a lot of ability. The best player in the draft right now is a giant tight end out of Florida, and I'm going to take him with the fourth pick. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts out of Florida, generational tight end talent. This man is huge, 6'4", 230 pounds, uh, runs 4'4", 40. They haven't seen a guy like this, and I think it's a great weapon for Arthur Smith to use. Pair him up with Hayden Hurst, and all of a sudden you have a very scary tight end room, not to mention Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. So with the fourth pick in the 2021 Sunday Card Mock Draft, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts out of Florida, the tight end at the number four spot. By the way, that number is under five and a half for Kyle Pitts. It is minus 200. If you bought a couple weeks ago, like I did, you had it at minus 125. So you can get some juice a little bit more uh, with the my under four and a half, I think, if you want to buy that as well. I like that pick. I like that. That prop is actually fantastic. Five and a half. Because I, I, it feels to me that I think that this this is Atlanta's pick. I think that, you know, they need to just actually put it put a jolt into their offense. Uh, and, and like you said, with an, an aging Julio and, and they're kind of they weren't sure of where they were going to go this offseason. And instead of rebuilding this defense, which might need a lot of help, they're going to go back to try and score 45 points every game and, and then just barely, you know, barely hold it together on the defensive end. And I know that maybe you were expecting a call from one of these teams, but I think the price was too steep for them to pay to move that far up in the draft because mm. Atlanta doesn't Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta wanted to move down too far. I don't think they wanted to drop too far back. And uh, and I think it was a too steep of a price to pay. So I know that maybe we we're expecting a trade up there, but I think uh, the way the draft's falling, maybe see something a little different. I was expecting maybe one or two teams to maybe give me a call. I had one very specifically for you in my head, but you know what? It's probably a good call by you. By the way, I lied. Kyle Pitts six five, two hundred and forty five pounds, running a four four forty. That's ridiculous. He's a freak. Okay, we have made the first four picks. Now we go to the fifth pick in the draft here. And that is that the Cincinnati Bengals, Matty Ice, what do you got? I mean, for this team, I mean, so we got to help Joe Burrow out, right? On the offense, one way or another. They made serious investment in their defense and free agency. They loaded up on cornerbacks. They loaded up on, they got some guys on the defensive line. Uh, we talked about how much we liked what they did on the defensive side. So you got to think they're trying to help the offense in one way or another here with this pick. And we've seen, I, I love the meme that's gone around Twitter. I think everybody's seen it where it's, you know, uh, Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase with anybody blocking. And it's Joe Burrow getting sacked. And then it's 
it's uh, Joe Burrow throwing to anybody with Penny Sewell blocking, and it's a perfect pass. <laughs> I, I don't it. think the Bengals make the right decision, and I yeah. think that they take Jamar Chase here with this pick, and I wow. think they absolutely load up on offensive weapons, um, and and they they load up, and so now you've got you've got guys like Auden Tate, uh, uh, Tyler Boyd, and blanking on the, the guy T. from Higgins. last year, no, T. T. Higgins. T Higgins. Thank you. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Obviously, Jamar Chase played with Burrow at LSU. I think that if they ask him, I think giving Joe that extra weapon and then trying to fill that those offensive line needs elsewhere, um, you're just opening options for this offense with this Jamar Chase pick. And so I think they do go this and they load up uh, the wide receiver position at their team. I think that would be the dumbest thing in the world for them to do. I really do. I, th- I, I, I think they might do it, though. I really do. I think that they like having that option there. That's that would be insane. I mean, this guy just tore his ACL. I mean, oh my goodness, that that that's a big one for me. That throws a big wrench into my next pick because now I'm looking at Miami with the next pick and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like Jamar Chase was there, so we just lost the top two. So now I'm thinking, man, like what do we do here? We've got We've got a generational offensive. So your pick is Jamar Chase, just so we're clear. Jamar Chase, yeah, and I kind of wanted to make this pick harder for you too. So that, that had a little something to do do with it, wow. but because I, I think, but I also I ultimately think it's a very big possibility, and I don't think it's a bad choice for their team. I mean, given Burrow that many weapons, there's going to be somebody open on every single play for him. You got to block them. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You're going to hate that pick. You want fat guys? Yeah, I want fat guys. I want the line. That's what the every year we get caught up in all the wide receivers and corners and like all these flash players. Fat guys make this league. Fat guys make this league. Oh man, that's a tough one for me now because that was really that was my number one pick for the Dolphins was Jamar Chase. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we're going to Miami now. Miami traded back to number 12. They get up to number six uh, with the trade with Philadelphia. So now they are the number seven, number six pick in the draft here. Look, I got a couple of guys on my list. There's no question about that. Uh, Jamar Chase would have been my pick, but now that he is gone, uh, look, Miami, Miami obviously has this feeler about them that they really want to get better on the offensive end of the ball. There's no question about that. They want to get weapons for Tua. They went out, got Will Fuller uh, over the offseason. They have Devontae Parker. They still have Mike Kosicki. Do they draft? Is there a wide receiver that they're comfortable taking in this position outside of Jamar Chase? I do wonder about that. My initial thought here was maybe to go get an offensive lineman. That's my initial thought. But I'm going to make an audible in my pick here. I really am. I'm going to make an audible. I think Brian Flores values a couple of things. He values uh, deep playability to get to a, to throw the ball down the field vertically instead of horizontally. I think that they can do that with this guy that I'm going to pick here. And they value special teams. And that's why I am going to take out of the University of Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle will be the pick. Uh, over Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle will be the pick for Miami because of his play. His A is speed. I think speed matters. He is, and I hate doing this to Devontae Smith because he's a great player, but he is a bigger player. He is a bigger player that you don't need to scheme into getting open in the NFL. I, I look at that dude, and you know what? I heard a long time ago from Bill Parcells saying this, is that 
Big people beat little people in the NFL. And Jalen Waddle's not a huge person, but he's not 5'11 and 166 pounds little. So to me, I'm going Jalen Waddle. He's got more speed. He's got special teams ability. I'm taking Jalen Waddle. Wow. As soon as you said special teams, I my mouth opened because I knew that when you were going, you were switching it up on the Alabama wide receivers on me on that one. I mean, clearly Devontae Smith has been the talk of the draft and, and you know, it's been, is he a top 10 pick? It was, you know, right after he won the Heisman, it's like for sure early, you know, then the draft starts coming out and people are maybe saying, ah, he, he could slip into the late rounds of, of the first round. And then as we're getting back close to the draft, it feels like the hype's back up on him again. So I think Devonte Smith is, is very interesting to see where he falls here. And I, Jalen Waddle again, has been one of those guys falling more in between the, the 12 to 18 spot, I feel like. And mm. I think, it's totally possible he can go in the top 10. So I think that's a that's a great pick and, and very interesting audible there by you as well. Yeah, I was going to go Penny Sewell, but you know what? I think Miami, they, they took an offensive lineman in the first round last year. They can build that, sign to center. I'm going to take the receiver. I'm going to take the weapon for two of Now, I'm on the clock here. Seventh pick, Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell uh, with cool. Jared Goff in town. And... And I'm thinking I'm getting a couple phone calls here for this pick. I think that there's going to be a couple phone calls happening here for this pick. And there's two teams that I think are battling for this. And I am going to just have to give the edge. If I'm making the calls here, I'm making the calls. And I think this is where the Broncos, the Denver Broncos, are able to slide two spots. They don't have to pay quite the steep price that they were going to have to pay to get to the four for the Falcons. I think the Broncos can slide two spots, maybe throw in. They have an early second, so they could easily give the 10. And I think they have the number 40 overall pick in the second round or for the second round. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe they package those two together for the Lions. Small slide back for the Lions. And the Broncos slide in to take Justin Fields. Wow. Slipping, slipping back in the draft. I am praying this is what happens because. I, again, on the last show, I know I, I kind of hit. I said the Trey Lance thing, and as I've been doing the research this week, again, I just don't think he fits in right away as much as Justin Fields can fit in right away and and compete. So I think that if they're looking for a quarterback to come in this year and try and to compete with Drew Locke to win that position, I don't think that's Trey Lance. I think that's Justin Fields. So Justin Fields out of Ohio State, number seventh overall to the Broncos. That is fascinating. That is fascinating. Uh, I think that Detroit would be open to trading back. There's no question about that, gaining more picks. I also think Detroit would be willing also to take a quarterback. So it doesn't make that much of a difference. I'm sorry, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It, it, it makes a lot of sense, actually, that you know Denver would want to move up and offer Detroit a chance to take a, take a quarterback there when you know that there's teams behind you that might be wanting to move up into the top 10. So the Denver Broncos, Maddie's getting selfish, but that's perfectly fine and reasonable for the Broncos to do this. Justin Fields, I, I think that would be a fantastic pick for, for George Payton there. I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is the way it falls. I'm hoping that I'm in. I'm uh, John Elway's listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, let's move on. Number eight pick in the draft goes to the Carolina Panthers. And it looks like we have a trade offer, which I would be more than willing to take. So I'm going to pick up the phone here, and I'm going to pick it up. And here's David Tepper on the line, uh, Scott Bitterer on the line. Uh, yes, hello, who is this? 
hey Scott, this is Bill giving you a call here. <laughs> talk talk to you about maybe what what it would take to get up to that number eight pick. Bill, it's nice to hear from you. Uh, listen, I, 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 it's going to take you know a pretty big swing here. We're in the top ten. We want to, we want to get at least you know a couple of first round picks, maybe some somewhere in you know seconds, thirds, and and maybe some late rounders too. And we can throw you a couple late rounders if that's possible. Well, I think we can give up the six to the fifteen overall in the first with uh, maybe a pair of thirds. I think we maybe 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 we can make that happen. Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to want your first round pick next year, too, if you're throwing that in there. You know, that's not going to happen, Scott. <laughs> oh, that's not going to happen, Bill. I mean, you know, this is a top 10 pick. You're moving up seven spots. It's kind of tough to to give that up here. I mean, we're, we we have a lot of needs. We're trying to build our roster. I mean, let, let's do let's do this. I mean, we'll we'll take the two first round picks. We'll take a third rounder and a fourth rounder and we'll give you back a fifth rounder and our first pick. How about that? Make it a fourth instead of a fifth. Done deal. Let's do it. Let's take it. Let's let's make the call. Scott Federer is going to trade the pick number eight to the New England Patriots. I am going to be just floored at what exactly Matt has in store for me. He's going to give me a heart attack. I mean, it's the guy that everybody thinks Bill Belichick wants to compete instead of Cam Newton. We're going to go the opposite of Cam Newton. We are going to take the cerebral, the IQ of Mac Jones out of Alabama. The Patriots slide up to grab Mac Jones. Hopefully nobody else gets in there before them. They don't want to take the risk that he's going to fall. They think there's been a lot of hype around him, and uh, they're willing to pay the price to slide up and get him. I, what, are, what are your thoughts? I just – I I listen – I would be absolutely ecstatic with either Fields, Jones, or Lance being there at 15. I have no faith that this is going to be a trade-up scenario. Uh, listen, I love Mac Jones. I, I, I've been on record saying it's Mac Jones is, you know, one of the smartest uh, guys coming out uh, of the NFL. I mean, he for the NCAA, for the draft, I think he is, a, I think, as good – as all those other quarterbacks are athletically, you know that Bill values one thing, and that is quarterback intelligence. And I think that this is uh, – it would be a dream. It would be a dream. I'd be over the moon. I My first choice, you know, would be Justin Fields if he slides there. But I, I am all on board with anybody but Cam. And, I, and as long as there's a plan for the future, Mac Jones, Alabama, Saban, uh, the whole shebang – and he's got a very similar style. Let's get back to the Brady style offense. I love, I love this pick. I love this pick. I don't know if I'd be willing to trade up a couple of spots to do it, but I love this pick. Well, I, you got some serious, very stern negotiating tactics. I didn't think it was going to take two first round picks this year's and next year's to get this done necessarily. Cause I don't think if we're talking in that world, I don't think the Patriots give up too, but I, I don't think it takes quite that much to slide up these eight spots. Oh, we'll, I, we'll I, I don't think, I don't think there's any way that if you're moving in the top 10, you're not giving up more than two first round picks. That's that. I think that's like a, a base start for them, especially with Carolina, a team that's like rebuilding. Man, that would be that would be a hell of a trade. That would be a hell of a trade. And hey, who knows? Maybe you throw in somebody like Stidham, you know, to, to sweeten the pot, you know, just to have a backup to Sammy. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's it, it could be anything with Bill. Bill Bill will do things completely unconventionally. So, ah, man, I can't believe we made that. <laughs> So how, I mean, eight picks in the draft, we are, we're shaking things up so far. 
We are. And guess what? Uh, I believe you have another pick coming up here with the Detroit oh, that's, Lions. That's right. Again, now so I'm all thrown off now because I'm sliding up. So you're, I'm going to have three in a row here. You'll have three in a row later. Um, so the Detroit Lions here, I think that uh, the reason they were willing to trade back in this spot is that they could get the same guy. I think that they knew that they were going to get the same guy that they wanted. Um, or, you know, I guess there was a chance if Carolina kept that pick, they could have taken this player here. But I think finally now Penny Sewell out of Oregon comes off the board for Detroit and they try and invest in their offensive line because they, I mean, they really, really need some offensive line help. So I think being able to get Penny Sewell at the back half of the top 10, uh, I think is, is a perfect pick for them. And that's again, I think that's, that's just goes into, falls into why they were willing to trade with, uh, with Denver because they could have got Sewell or the next best tackle available, who I also think be coming off the board shortly, but we'll see. So Penny Sewell to the Lions at the ninth pick. Wow. I, I'm just looking at this top 10 because I know who I'm going to pick with the Cowboys. Uh, this is a – this would be a drama that rivals any soap opera you can imagine. I mean, this is – this would be a hell of a first round, Maddie. All, all offense so far. Nine picks, all offense. And that's a prop you can bet. Is that zero top 10 picks that are defenders? Uh, you can bet that prop if it happens. Um I don't think – I think it's actually pretty good. I think it's somewhere around like um, minus 110. I think it's actually not that bad. So it's not a terrible decision. It's going to be close with a lot of these teams because there's just not a ton of defensive talent in this draft. So there might be teams willing to move up like Denver, uh, like New England. I, I love I love this first round so far. But let me add to it because now we have the 10th pick in the draft. And everybody was kind of fascinated – with the idea that Jerry Jones is in love with Kyle Pitts. I don't think he'd be willing to move up to go get Kyle Pitts because they have a lot of other things to focus on. But with this pick here, with the Dallas Cowboys, one of the things the Cowboys really, really, really need to address is their defense. I think that's what they will do. And I think they will actually do the thing that people uh, have kind of expected them to do. I know people think that Jerry is uh, you know, going to do something wild. But as Jared Jones and all my oil money, I want to get an Alabama product. So I'm going with cornerback Patrick Sertan Jr. out of Alabama. He has a very, very good, unique set of skills, as Liam Neeson would say, uh, coached by one of the best coaches of all time in college football. I'm taking Patrick Sertan Jr. out of Alabama. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at them to take here. Like we we again we talked about they they lost they lost a lot of their corners uh, to so, you know they really left so they they've got some some youth and they got to just keep, kind of rebuild this rebuild their their secondary and I think Patrick Sertan is perfect for that system so I would pencil that one in uh, and I love that again I love that all offensive first round prop but I really think the Cowboys are going to be the one to spoil it. So I think that you'll be sitting there with nine offensive players like we got it right now, and then you're going to get just nailed at the buzzer with them going with uh, with the cornerback at this spot. So the only now, reason I wouldn't take that prop. Now, there is a better prop, I think. And, and you know what? Patrick Sertan Jr. I think is going to be the first guy taken, but there has been a lot of movement on a guy named J.C. Horn out of South Carolina being mm-hmm. first player taken, first corner taken in the draft. We saw him at plus 400 yesterday. He's already down to plus 350 now. And I think a lot of people are kind of deciding between Sertan and Horn right now. And I would maybe take a flyer on J.C. Horn to 
to possibly overtake that. So there's a if you want a value pick, JC Horn might be the guy for you. You can't forget. I just while we're talking corners, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech has is is rated very highly amongst, amongst most of these scouts as possibly being the best corner, but he just had a back procedure a month ago prior to this draft. So I think that is going to keep teams away. Um, but if teams are willing to take the risk, Caleb Farley is has potential to be a number one lockdown corner in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. He because of his size. That's yeah. that's that's the main thing with Caleb Farley. But there are questions about his back and whether that is uh, something that might be a recurring issue for him. So uh, with the 10th pick, I'll take Patrick Sertan Jr. The New York Giants are on the clock and waiting with bated breath. A lot of different ways I'm thinking here for the Giants. Um, some needs. I mean, they could. you could definitely go wide receiver here. Um, and there's clear there's a wide receiver that is dropping at this point in the draft um, that you have to keep your eyes on. And I'm really curious if they would go this way to help support Danny Dimes. They also really do need an edge rusher and, and maybe some offensive line help. And man, I am, this is a tough one for me right now. I'm really not sure. I think, all right. I think I know where they're going to go. I think they're going to, they're going to commit to their guy. The pick is in. And with the 11 pick, the New York giants are going to take Devonta Smith oh. out of Alabama. They are going to try and give the weapons. Uh, they're going to give the weapons to Danny Dimes. They are going to continue to ignore their defense as they have been doing. Um, again, they can maybe go edge rusher here um, with, with either of these rushers out of Miami or Quiddy Pay out of Michigan um, are the other guys that I was considering here. But I think we're going to go Devonta Smith. I think they're pretty. I think they see that name falling back to them, and they they feel like they have to take him. At that point in the draft, Devonte Smith might be a guy that people even trade up for. Like uh, yes. I, I really yeah. could see something like that happening. Uh, him falling out of the top 10 would not surprise me one bit, but I do think that I do think that the giants are going to be the ones that are going to kind of hold all the cards with, in regards to Devonte Smith, he, he could either go here or he could, he could slip really far uh, down the list or there'd be people coming up willing to take him. I don't know. I think this is, I think this is uncharted territory right now. Well, he might be the most intriguing draft prospect because he's so good and he's had so much accolades and talent and, and production, but his size, I mean, the size fathers teams and you could see it, it you know, Jalen Waller right now is considered the number two wide receiver in the draft. Yeah. And I mean, Devonte gives them something they don't really have, which is again, a guy that can just stretch the field, obviously. Mm. And there's a spot for him to play again in the slot or, or outside and, you know, get vertical on this team. So I think he does fill a need that they don't have in their wide receiver core right now. I would, I would imagine, I would imagine like to me, if I was the giants, I'd probably take Slater, but I mean, listen, he's either going to be a, a steal there or they're probably going to have egg on their face. If they draft, I mean, it could be either or with him. I, I don't know. It's, it's an uncertainty, but Gettleman is known to take big swings. So I like it. Um, Let's go to the number 12 pick in the draft, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they have had a very precarious off season. And now it seems like they are, uh, you know, they could go anyway. They can go any way they want in this, in this spot here. Look, Philadelphia, the one strength they have is on the defensive and offensive line. 
They have a couple of spots and needs that they're probably going to address here, but I think they need to get better in, in a certain specific spot. And I think it's in the secondary. I'm, I'm going to go here and I'm going to take the guy, JC Horn out of South mm-hmm. Carolina to, to, to replace uh, the Jalen Mills loss to pair him up with Darius Slay. Uh, Eagles got to get way better in the secondary spot. I could definitely see them taking JC Horn here. Seen a couple of mock drafts with his name on it. Micah Parsons is also a consideration, but uh, they got to stop some high-flying offenses, uh, with, especially in Dallas. Uh, the Giants are going to be clearly better offensively with a lot of weapons. So I think they go with, and especially the fact that Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle are off the board, I'm going to take J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Yeah, I think that's exactly, uh, if, that guy, if he's there at that position, I think that's exactly where they're going because, again, the talk is that, it's Darius Slay and nobody else right now on the back end for yeah. the Eagles, and they got to make some improvement. So I think J.C. Horn's a great pick for them. Um, and for this next pick, this one now, is, as things have fallen, I said that they're, they're, I had a lot of hard picks. This one, I think the Chargers are sprinting. I think they're sprinting to the podium with this pick here. They've invested in their offensive line all of this offseason. They bring in Lindsley for center, Matt Folier at guard, and I think they are are absolutely thrilled to see uh, Slater out of Northwestern here. Sean Slater out of Northwestern available at tackle for them. So I think at the 13th overall pick in the first round, the Chargers are going to take Sean Slater out of Northwestern to help shore up that offensive line and, and keep their investment from last year in the first round uh, as protected as possible. Absolutely. That is like, like I would be, like you said, flying up to – the commissioner and saying, Hey, uh, put this guy on our team. That's the number one thing they need. They're going to do what the Bengals cannot. They're going to protect their franchise quarterback. Now. I, I like that pick a lot. All right. This is a spot number 14 in the draft, the Minnesota Vikings. They could go every which way here uh, with Minnesota. I think that they would definitely take Slater too, if he was available, but he's not. The Vikings have a couple of needs, and I think that they are going to shore up uh, a spot that they absolutely love and get just better depth at the position. Right now, there are two players on the board that I absolutely love at this position, and I'm going to take one of them. I think he's the best of the bunch in this draft. I am going to take Jalen Phillips out of Miami University, defensive end. I think that Phillips is an – I mean – Watching his pro day, this guy is a real freak. I mean, an absolute freak edge rusher. I think he could be a real supreme talent. They beef up and keep going hard on the offensive line to build around all the other pieces that they have. A defensive line, excuse me. Uh, 6'5", 260-pound guy out of California, was at UCLA, transferred to Miami, and just had a great year. Eight sacks last year. Uh, Even had an interception at defensive end. This guy is really smooth, really, really smooth. Ran the 40 uh, in 4.57 at 6.5, 260. That is ridiculous. I love Jalen Phillips uh, out of Miami. Yeah, I mean, a great edge rusher. I really – see, I I know that you see without Slater there, you, you don't want to take a tackle, but I still feel like their number one need has got to be replacing their their offensive line. Um, no no thoughts of going with maybe Christian Darishaw there to just still take you know the next best tackle available, or you think it's just maybe a little too early? I think it's a little early for Darishaw just because of his injury history. You also look at maybe a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker to play uh, to play guard or center, a guy at a USC. But I, I think that they take best player available. They play at strength and play off of their strengths. 
Uh, Mike Zimmer is going to make that defense really, really hot this year. And I, I will take the defensive end. They, they, they want to get a one really, really good edge rusher on that team. Yeah, no, I mean, they definitely, that's something they covet. You're, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And uh, again, you, you're, you, this is your streak here. So you got, you are on the oh, board again goodness. here, Carolina Panthers, game. and you got the next two as well. So but uh, Carolina Panthers after they, they trade back with the New England Patriots. Uh, they have Sam Darnold, so they didn't have a quarterback need in the top 10. So willing to move back to 15 to take. This is a hard one because I don't have a guy on the board here that uh, was in my top three picks. I think, again, you got to take best player available if that's the case here. There are a lot of really good players left uh, on the offensive line still. There are a lot of great defensive edge rushers here. Uh you know a, a place that I think I would go here? I think a place that I would go here is, look, Matt Rule is a defensive coach. I know offensively they, they probably want to get better, but the best player right now available is a guy that has fallen in their laps, and I think they have to take him. I think they have to take Micah Parsons out of Penn State here. Mm-hmm. He is just a dynamic, dynamic linebacker, can play outside linebacker, can play inside linebacker, can edge rush. He is an absolute load. People are saying about this dude that he is the best linebacker since Luke Keekley. and that has been something that the Panthers have missed tremendously is a guy like that who can dominate uh, in the middle of the field and be the leader, be the leader in the middle of the field. I love Micah Parsons here. He is uh, an absolute beast, 6'3", 250 pounds. Again, runs a 4-3-6, so speed is absurd, and he's been an All-American. He's been all Big Ten. He, he's, he's the best linebacker I've seen in quite some time. So Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I, I mean, that's – that's really going to be a value if he does get, get back there to 15. Cause that's, that's, he's a, he's a top 10 grade as far as, you know, just an overall prospect list for, for most scouts that I've been reading up on. I mean, he, he really is that versatile linebacker, a Mike linebacker that, that can do it all out there. Um, so I, I think that's a fantastic pick. All right. And to finish up the first half of the draft, I have the 16th pick with the Arizona Cardinals. And now the Cardinals and my three guys I had on the list for the Cardinals, they're all gone. So uh, I am going to make a a pick here for the Cardinals that I think that they could absolutely lose uh, or absolutely use rather. Again, I think if you're the Cardinals here, you go best player available. We could go with a wide receiver. I think that that might be a spot where Cliff Kingsbury might say, there is there a guy this early on uh, that I like at wide receiver. There's plenty out there that are kind of end of the first round talents. They're still really good edge rushers. Uh, I don't know about uh, their situation at cornerback. Would they take Farley this early? That's an interesting spot. Um, You know what? I am going to go here. I'll do this. I'm going to go offensive line. I'm going to go offensive line. I'm going to take the best interior guy available here. Um, I'm going to take uh, Elijah Bear Tucker out of USC, the guard. Ah. I think I think he's going to be there. I know. Kill him. Hating it right now, but I think I think Arizona goes that route. Uh, they have to address their their defensive issues, but with guys there now, I just don't see a guy available right here that's 
I'd be willing necessarily to take at a position of need for them on, on the defensive side of the ball. So I will take Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC guard center. Man, you are putting me in a tough spot for my next pick. <laughs> well, before you go to your next pick, let's just Sorry. review the draft so far. Here. Yeah, yes, I'm, yes. I'm going to go through it. So that's the end of the first half of the first round. We obviously took chalk in the first two picks. Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence. Jets taking Zach Wilson. Matty Ice throwing us a huge curveball and taking Trey Lance for the 49ers here uh, with the third pick. The Falcons do not trade out. They take Kyle Pitts out of Florida, the tight end. Bengals. A little bit of a surprise for me, Jamar Chase out of LSU. The Dolphins taking Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Uh, Broncos trade up two spots to get their quarterback, Justin Fields. That will make Matt sleep at night, finally. Uh, Justin Fields to the Denver Broncos. Another trade up to the eight position, the New England Patriots trade up to the eight spot to take Mac Jones out of Alabama, the quarterback. They get the future in Foxborough. Lions with the 10th pick, or the ninth pick, rather, take Penny Sewell out of Oregon. Cowboys, Patrick Sertan out of Alabama, the corner. Giants will take Devontae Smith, the Alabama wide receiver. Eagles settle with J.C. Horn, the South Carolina corner. Chargers, easy pick for them. Northwestern offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater. Vikings with Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Panthers at the 15 after the trade with New England take Micah Parsons out of Penn State, the linebacker, and the Cardinals finishing out the first half of the first round, take out Elijah Barrett Tucker, guard center out of USC. Is this realistic, Matty? You like this first round? I mean, I think so. I mean, do you see any guys that we think we've kind of ignored and have let slip too far? I don't think that. I think we've pretty much taken – um, you know, they've gotten the guys that should, you know, be taken this early in the draft. They've all been taken no massive slips, just maybe a little bit of a, a switch around and how we thought they were going to fall this early. But I don't think we, we overreached on anybody or, or have missed out on anybody. I think the one guy that we have maybe let slip a little is Quiddy pay. I think that he might go earlier than this, depending on what happens, but really we could just switch him out for Jalen Phillips. So uh, to me, yeah, no, I think that I think that this is the part of the draft where we're going to see some surprise names, maybe not in the top 50 even uh, from you or me. So I, I would be interested as we have a top 50 list and of our top 50 list, every single player thus far has been taken, uh, has been taken in the top 50. So I'm, I'm interested to see if we have a couple of reaches here, especially, especially with this next team coming up here. Uh, we've got... Of course, the this might give our friend Chris Raz a heart attack or whatever happens here. The Raiders going to make a pick at number 17, Maddie. Yeah, and again, uh, the reason I grunted at your your Alex Vera Tucker pick is, is Micah Parsons and Vera Tucker were the two guys that I kind of had slotted in for the Raiders to possibly take in this spot. Um, I do love – I have to – I've read up on just, again, the possibility – that the Raiders could take another first round wide receiver because whether it's a guy like Kadarius Tony or uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, both with some blazing speed and some serious assets that the Raiders could get fooled into just taking another first round speedster wide receiver as they've been known to do. But I will, for the sake of, again, our friend, Chris Raza, I know he's waiting with bated breath here. We are going to have to fix what we lost in the off season and we are going to have to make some replacements on the offensive line because they it just got absolutely dismantled. Um, and for here, I'm looking at either Christian Derisaw 
or, or Tevin Jenkins. And I am going to go with Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Uh, I think he fits what they need a little bit more. Christian Dershaw, uh, more of like a zone run scheme kind of a tackle uh, versus Jenkins can can do a little bit more for the pass protecting and and kind of be an anchor um, either on that right tackle position for, for the Raiders. So uh, I think we're going to take Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State uh, with the 17th or 18th overall pick. I love Tevin Jenkins. I think he is the scariest guy. Uh, in the draft, he could be an absolute road grader and a steal up at this spot. Uh, looks like a nerd, but he plays like a uh, Roman soldier. I mean, he's just he's just road grades guys all the time. Six five, three hundred seventeen pounds. He is a beast. All Big Twelve, uh, two years in a row, and last year he opted out. But man, he is a load, and probably you could argue this year. Uh, he last year, if he came out, he might've been the best tackle available. I mean, he's really, really good. Um, I like, I love the pick Matt. I love it. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, let's go to the second pick in the first round for the Miami dolphins here. Uh, so with the dolphins, they took Jalen Waddle already. So they got their piece that they needed. There is another guy that has been rumored to the Dolphins here that I think they will absolutely take. Sometimes rumors that come out uh, and they come out over and over and over again and they uh, just seem to be true. I think the Dolphins go defense and they take a a very interesting player here uh, that a lot of people are going to be intrigued by. I think he is this year's Isaiah Simmons from last year. I am going to take the linebacker out of Notre Dame, I'm taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Uh, I think that this is going to be a really, really interesting pick for the, the Dolphins because Koromoa is not a big dude. Um, he is only 6'1", 220 pounds, playing an outside linebacker position. A lot of people see him as even could even play like a nickel safety, a monster back, something along those lines. He is not a big dude, but he has explosion and speed that really, really help him out. Um, so I'm going to take Jeremiah Wusukoromo to be a hybrid linebacker safety style kind of guy for the Dolphins defense. Dan, you have me living in a war room right now. That's a great <laughs> pick. I, I love that pick. And again, I you know I think that they're definitely going um, defense with their second pick. I, again, I, I see them adding a pass catcher with that first pick, no matter who it be, Smith, Waddle. Chase Pitts, it could be any of those guys in the early pick, and I think they are going to invest in the defense uh, on that back end. So, so I agree. I love the pick, but I think Washington would have loved that pick very much so as well. Mm. Washington's got a lot of options, though. They got a lot of options still. They do, they do. And now, you know, defense isn't necessarily the need. Obviously, they 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 made they won the division last year with the defense. So, um, I don't think they necessarily have to go defense here. And I think with that. There is a guy again. I said his name earlier, and it's a receiver that's been getting a lot of a lot of attention and kind of rocketing up these boards. And that's Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Mm. And they they've added some speed to their offense. Already adding Curtis Samuel. Um, they had Adam Humphreys, but I mean, you know, you add Rashad Bateman, you see, you put him in a competition. Say, hey, just beat out Adam Humphreys, and and I mean, that could add some serious speed uh, to this offense. And if they are going with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, I mean, then clearly they're looking to air this ball out and they're looking to have an aggressive passing offense. So. I think you give him a third option, Rashad Bateman, um, to go along. And I mean, actually could be a fourth to- uh, option to go along with Thomas, the tight end, who, who really broke out last year. So uh, I think they invest in Fitzmagic and they're going to try and throw the ball. 
So we are going to go uh, Rashad Bateman here for, for the for the football team. I love that pick. I absolutely adore that pick for them. I think that that could be a, a fantastic speed, speed, speed. They get a very similar style receiver to Terry McMorrin, six foot, 190. Guy runs a 441. Really could have gone at more places than Minnesota and decided to just stay home with PJ Fleck. Um, I, I absolutely adore uh, that pick for Rashad Bateman, who was one of the best Big Ten receivers uh, in the draft. Really, really good pick. Uh, for the Washington football team. All right. The next pick we are going. Oh my God. Uh, I, I was just going like... to say, I feel like you don't know who's next. Cause this is an interesting one and it's going to be underwhelming for bears fans everywhere. So if you want my truth about the bears is that uh, I was waiting for a falling quarterback. This was the team that I was going to trade up with. And uh, I was waiting for one. It did not happen where I thought it might happen. So um, I think that this would be probably a spot if Fields or Lance falls to outside maybe the top 10. Uh, I think Nagy would pull the punches and Pace would pull the punches. They have to save their jobs. Now, uh, I don't think that that will be the case. Uh, obviously, they're not, they didn't have the spot to do it. There are a ton of – there are some options here at wide receiver that they could go, um, and obviously being offensive-minded. But I also think that the Bears are probably going to maybe take – not a boring pick, but I think they're going to take a guy that that here replaces a specific need that they lost this offseason. They lost Kyle Fuller this offseason. I think they're going to replace that right here. I think they're going to take the Chicago kid. I think they're going to take Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern mm. University at corner here. I this is this is the underwhelming pick for the Chicago Bears that no Bears fans will like. But he's he went to Northwestern, so you know he's he's from nearby Chicago. So I think this will be the pick for him. Look, uh, Farley is a great player. There's no question about that. But I do worry about those injuries. I do worry that there could be some degenerative issues with him. I think he, I don't think he's the safe pick. I think the, the bears make the safe pick. Newsom is from Chicago, did go to Northwestern, had a fantastic year and can cover tight ends just as well as wide receivers. I think that's the plus side for him. Six foot one ninety two four three eight forty. I will take Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern to the Chicago bears. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with the cornerback. I think they are definitely a prime candidate to take a risk on Caleb Farley. Again, like you said, losing Fuller. Again, if, if everything works out with Farley, he could come in and, and start as your number one corner. So I definitely have them as a candidate to maybe take that risk. Because, again, they're clearly risk takers in the draft with what they're – they're not afraid of taking some shots that is at Ryan true. Pace. So I would not be surprised there. But, again, love, I, I think that's the right investment for them. And I, I get the Northwestern connection. That makes a little more sense as well. <laughs> The next All pick right. belongs to a really good team. I think this could be an interesting pick for you, Matt, the Indianapolis Colts. This is a team with not a lot of needs to fill. I think that they have two spots to fill, and I, I don't know which way to go on this one. You have Anthony Costanzo leaves at left tackle position, uh, which is seemingly their only hole in the offensive line of, of what is a fantastic unit. Um, but they could also use a little bit of an edge rusher that we were saying mm. too. 
And for me, it's a guy that we just said that we think is maybe falling. And I think there, there are a lot of tackles available in this draft. And I think that they're going to be able to address that in the second round. And so I think here they, they take that edge rusher that's falling and they go with the man out of Michigan and they take Quiddy pay and add him into that defensive line, a little bit of an edge rush. So I think that the draft falling to them the way it is, they take him now and they invest in the offensive line uh, in the second round. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic pick. Love Quiddy pay was an absolute beast for my Wolverines last year. Uh, 6'3", 275, just a absolute bendy get it, getting around. Fantastic getting around offensive linemen. That's a great pick for the Indianapolis Colts to go defense. Uh, speaking of defense, uh, the Tennessee Titans are the next pick in this draft here. The Titans here have a, they've they've addressed some of their issues here. Uh, they've went out and got Bud Dupree. Uh, to get a better, a little bit better of an edge rush, they went out and uh, addressed the corner position, made some changes. Adoree Jackson uh, left, Malcolm Butler left. They bring in Janoris Jenkins, and I think they're going to add one more piece there. I think they're the team that takes the swing on Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. We know Farley's had the back issues, but listen, they drafted a kid Jeffrey Simmons last year who set or a couple of years ago who sat out the entire. 2019 season and it's really worked out for them on the defensive tackle spot so i think they take the pick they make the move and they take caleb farley out of virginia tech to help at their cornerback position Vrabel, i think really is going to try and emphasize having better defensive talent on the team this year yeah i think that's a great pick another team not afraid to take some risks like uh, like you said um, and that, that could be a great fit for them. They, they're trying, they trying to turn over the entire secondary from last year because it was brutal. So I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Listen, Maddie, the fate of the New York jets might actually rest even higher at this pick as well, because they have two first round picks here. This could be very, very interesting. It could be very, very interesting. Um, obviously, so you fill, they fill their top need of the quarterback and with the first pick, um, and then it's a matter of where they go with the second one. And I think I want to throw, I'm going to give a couple options here for Lewis and, and where I think the Jets can go. And I want to see what he thinks his team needs the most. So we've either got, uh, oh man, you so you've taken Greg, Greg Newsom, I thought was a great fit for them. So next best cornerback available, Asante Samuel Jr. I think that is definitely a possibility for them. Uh, plays just like his old man, great ball skills, not off the charts athletically or by anything, but just great reaction time playing the ball in the air. They could go offensive line help, which I think they can definitely use um, and go with a Christian Derisaw or a Jalen Mayfield who's still on the board from Michigan. Or they go where I think the Jets can really go and be the team to break the rule that you shouldn't do and take a running back in the first round and have them take Najee Harris out of Alabama. So, Lou, are we going to – Take defense, offensive um, uh, line, or running back? You know, I'm looking at this uh, spreadsheet here. I don't see any kickers or punters available <laughs> for my knowledge. We got the kid out of Ohio State is very good. <laughs> Ohio State kicker, punters. No, you, listen, you know they're going to break the rule. You know they're taking Najee Harris with this pick. Yes, they are. I you think they absolutely happening. are taking Najee Harris. So you could put it on the board, Lou. They're going to try and give some weapons to the young buck uh -huh. out of BYU, and they're going to give him a solid Alabama running back. Personally, too, I think Travis Etienne 
I think you'd be crazy not to take that guy. I think he is the most, one of the most versatile players I have ever watched play the running back position. Najee Harris can catch the ball himself well out of the backfield. And it's obviously like a really great between the tackles runner. And I think maybe that's what um, Jets football. That's man. What, exactly. That's what Salah and Jets football. They're going to, they're going to like that a lot more. I, again, I think if it's Kyle Shanahan, we'll take a, a Travis Etienne type, but Salah, I think is going to be a little more between the tackles. He's going to implement that style for himself. So we're going Najee Harris to the Jets. This would be a typical Jets, just dumb yep. thing to do. Yep. Um, this would be, they literally have the second pick of the first round, and they could easily take one of these two guys there. I mean, I just don't see one of these two guys not being there at the at second round, and and I think this would be this this makes all the sense in the world for the Jets to do. <laughs> so, especially right ahead of the team that's ahead of them or behind them, the Steelers to to maybe just annoy the Steelers at. You know, this is an interesting case of these two running backs. I've heard great comps for both of them. Najee Harris, I've heard a great comp here. He's got the the, the toughness of Steven Jackson, but the catching ability and, and running style of a Matt Forte. Uh, that's that, that's kind of the, the comps that I've heard for Najee Harris to, to be a guy. So Matt Forte, former Jet. Um, that could be a spot for Najee Harris to be. Absolutely. ETN, I think you're right. I think ETN's the more dynamic player. He's got the most Kamara in him. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what he's always reminded me of him. And you're going to talk about in between the tackle guy. I mean, that guy hits speed hole. I mean, he hits a hole with speed. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's, he's a home run hitter. New York Jets. Home run <laughs> yeah. What else do we expect? You know? What else do we expect? Uh, so the next pick in the draft goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is my spot here. And, you know, I think the Steelers would be a candidate here to take a running back. I absolutely believe that now that Najee Harris is off the board, I don't know if they would take ETN here. Uh, to me, I would not do that. I would absolutely not do that. I would much rather wait into the second round to see what's available. Um, I really, really think that the Steelers have one place to address, and it's offensive line. They mm -hmm. have to get that much better. They were awful last year. They're probably going to lose Villanueva now, it sounds like. There are some really good offensive line prospects still available here, and I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech, finally get to him off the board and send him right over to, uh, to Mike Tomlin and get him squared up to come play left tackle because – you know, losing Villanueva, they're probably, I mean, Pouncey's older. I mean, they're, they're, they have a lot of issues on the offensive line there with, uh, with Pittsburgh. So Christian Derrissaw, uh, Virginia Tech offensive tackle goes to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think that's exactly where they need to go. And I, I agree that if Harris doesn't go to the Jets, I really can see that the, the Steelers also pulling the trigger on him in the first round. So, so that's another if prop. If, I was just going to ask if there's a, if there's a, either a running back in the first round prop or just Najee Harris in the first round. I think there's a couple teams at the back half that could definitely take him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Najee Harris's number is over under 28 and a half. Uh, both of those numbers are minus 120. So you'd be taking the under on that at minus 120 little bit of juice, but again, uh, I think either Pittsburgh or the Jets, I, I don't hate that spot for Najee Harris. Yep, I agree. Um, and so I am on the board again now. Um, and I'm, I have another little, there's a, there's a quick phone call coming in. I got a little Ooh. back half. This is just a, a slight little back half of the draft trade uh, with a minor fallback because I think the team trading up 
that I have trading up. The Green Bay Packers has a need that they need to address, and they see a guy available that they don't want to get taken, uh, and so they're going to slide up uh, what is it, three, four picks. They are going to go from 29 to 25, uh, and, and the Jaguars will get you know some, some compensation picks and slide back to the 29th overall pick. But with the 25th overall pick, the Packers are going to take Landon Dickerson uh, to come Ooh. in and fill a need in their interior offensive line. Um, you know, they lost a couple pieces off that line, and I think they need to restore that. And they need to, that's probably their number one need. It's either that or wide receiver, which they haven't gotten last year. But again, still a lot of really great, great wide receivers that I think they can maybe make a move for in the second round. I do have them possibly taking a look at Kadarius Tony at this spot. I did mm. think about doing that, but I'm, I'm going to have them take Landon Dickerson and, and, add that beef in the middle. I was going to say Kadarius Tony might be a very interesting guy that could still be there for green Bay Landon Dickerson. So I want to talk about him for a second. He's a monster at six, five, three, 13. Uh, he is one of those guys that is like a dirty, just in the mud, just like, you know, eating people's faces, you know, type of type of uh, type of an offensive lineman. But, but he spent three years at Florida state. Couldn't stay on the field. He's torn his, both of his ACLs. This guy scares me a little bit, but he is a dominant force when he is on the field. Uh, he's the guy that came in at the end of the national championship game to take a snap with a torn ACL because he wanted to. Uh, he's could play center. He can play guard. Uh, Alabama's got a ton of great players here. Um, I think that they could do that, Landon Dickerson. I think that they could take uh, Alec Leatherwood out of Alabama as well, who's a guard mm-hmm. center tackle combo. Uh, a lot of things the Packers do, you know, they have that guy Elton Jenkins who plays like every position on the offensive line. Uh, this would be a nice, a nice pick. If it works out, I do worry about injuries though with Landon Dickerson. I will say that for sure. For sure. Now, if I don't know this next pick for you, I feel like this is one that I, I penciled in right away. I think I know exactly where you are going with this next pick. I- for the Cleveland do. Browns. I hope you do. Cause like I, I, I have penciled this guy in for the Browns forever. And I have been hammering the board, uh, hammering the table for this man. Uh, I think that he might be, he'd be right up there with the top pick at this position too. I mean, really, he mm-hmm. really is. This is not a heavy position that they're going to take. I'm wondering if we're on the same page here. Cause I, I want to know, but uh, to me, I love this dude. I think he is the most talented, one of the most talented defensive players in the draft. I mean, I am going defense. I'm not going offense. I am taking a linebacker here for the mm. Cleveland Browns. I am taking Zay Ben Collins out of Tulsa here. I absolutely love Zay Ben Collins. He is an, a warrior, an absolute warrior, huge player. Up to 270 pounds now, Zayven Collins is. He's been putting on weight, not taking it off, and he can run like the wind blows, as Forrest used to say. I mean, the, he, this guy, go put on his tape for a second, and you will love what you see. 6'4", 270 pounds, inside and outside linebacker. Runs 4'6", 540 at that size is ridiculous. Oklahoma-born, uh, Oklahoma product. Ended up going to Tulsa over Oklahoma. And he has just been an actual absolute star. I love Zayvon Collins. Who did you think I was taking? I thought we were going for the big guy out of Alabama, Christian Barmore. I thought that mm. that was a beast right there in the middle that they need on that line. Barmore was second on my list. He was All second right. on my list. I will say that that's a really good pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they took him either. 
Okay. All right. I thought that th- that was definitely where we were going with that one, but I like it. I like it. The next pick in the mock draft belongs to Matty Ice. It belongs to the first of two, by the way, now, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, two picks now. Obviously, they make the trade uh, with Orlando Brown and, and uh, get the Chiefs' first-round pick at the tail end of this. Um, I think that there's there's a pretty massive need that the uh, Ravens need to fix. Again, they, they might have brought in a guy that, in theory, could fix this position, but I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to get it done for them. So since they have two picks now, um, it does make me it make this a little easier. I didn't know if they were going to maybe add to their defensive line where they lost some pieces last year, um, but I think we could do that with the next pick. So right here, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are going to take Terrence Marshall Jr. Mm. out of LSU at the wide receiver position um, to, to complement Hollywood Brown on the Otherwood side uh, and really kind of give some more passing options for Lamar Jackson. I like it. I like it a lot. I think that Terrence Marshall, obviously one of the better players in the Joe Burrow-led offense at LSU, 6'2", 205 pounds, and also runs a 4'4". seems like all these guys are running 4'4s this year. It's unbelievable. But, uh, look, he was a five-star recruit coming out. He's a five-star recruit going out. I mean, he's a big dude, can catch balls in space, uh, led the team in receiving uh, this year, obviously, and then opted out. Tells you how much of a drop-off LSU had. But, man, he is he is a touchdown guy and a red zone target. I think that's a good red zone target for Lamar. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I love Exactly. That's that's the other thing, too. Another big target besides Mark Andrews because he was basically the only option they had down there. Uh, Dan Dan's already got his hands up. I think that maybe was that was his pick for the Saints. Uh, which the Saints are now on the clock, and Dan has got his hands full. No, it was not the pick for the Saints, but I am going to throw a very large wrench. This is one of my surprises. Here we this go. Is one of my surprises. You ready for this? The New Orleans Saints have a lot of changes going on right now, don't they? Uh, quarterback changes, roster changes, uh, you know, They're going to have to shuffle a lot of their pieces around here. But I have a prop here that nobody's really paying attention to. And uh, I think this is where it hits. This is the surprise of the draft. I think the Saints go quarterback. I Hmm. think the Saints will pick a quarterback in the first round at the 28th spot. And the perfect guy for me is a man that has started for four years is one of only three quarterbacks to ever throw for 9,000 yards and rush for over, I think it's like throw for, I rush for over 1500 yards in SEC history. I am taking Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M for the New Orleans Saints. He reminds me so much of a much better passing Colin Kaepernick This is where the Saints want to go. I understand that Taysom Hill is there. I understand that Jameis Winston is there. But you know what? I think Jameis has been working hard to train up Hill. I don't think the Saints want to lose all that ability that that Taysom Hill brings to them with the tight end spot and the receiving spot that he can do and take that all away. So I think the Saints breed up for another guy to come in and they make a big splash and might be the biggest shock of the first round. Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M comes to play quarterback 
for the Saints, sits maybe for a year under Hill. Look, Taysom Hill is 32 years old. I don't think people recognize that. Uh, they're going to have they, – I don't think he's the long-term situation uh, future for them. And maybe Jameis ends, but I, I think Sean Payton wants to change up this offense, and I think they'll do it and they'll make a big splash. That's very interesting, and I think – it makes a lot of sense to me too that they they'd be more willing to get a quarterback in that room early. They don't like to take a guy and toss him right in, so they want to get a guy in early and have them learn the system prior to getting in. So this does seem like the the right year that they'd be able to do that and have a guy ready next year or the year after. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Very interesting where you went with that though, because after those top tier guys um, of quarterbacks that you know we've taken all five of those guys went top ten for us, um, and I imagine that the, the I don't know. The prop is either Kellamon going the first round or you're taking over five and a half quarterbacks in the first round, I can imagine. But there's also Davis Mills out of Stanford and Kyle Trask out of Florida that there's a lot of talk about where they might fall for those other teams, uh, you know, that could need a quarterback, Chicago, Washington, potentially. So interesting that we go with Kellen Mond there. But I like I like the, the rationale behind it. I think I just think that he fits their offense better than those other guys like Trask is is kind of like an, a, not necessarily a big mobility guy. He's huge. He's like a Ben Roethlisberger type. And, and Davis Mills, again, is your, your classic Stanford. I could just see him being a backup for his entire career. I just, it, it doesn't do anything for me. The number for Kellen Mond is over under 72 and a half. I think if you take that, that's a steal minus 120. Uh, and then the, the uh, quarterback draft prop is, is the over under six and a half that I really like. I'm going to take, I'm going to take, uh, or I'm sorry, five and a half. I'm going to take the over five and a half there uh, on, on the quarterback draft, which I think is at plus money, and I'm going to look for it now. But, um, yeah, I just I, I think that this will be the surprise pick coming up here. Yeah, I like that. I like that prop because, again, pretty much can lock in five are going to go. So it's just taking the gamble. Will one of those teams either take one at the tail end or is a team going to maybe trade into the back half of the first round from the second round? So uh, I, I like that prop a lot. Um, back on the clock now for me, uh, it is the Jaguars, uh, we're trading back with the Packers now. So Jaguars selecting at 29. And again, I think same situation for them as I had for Detroit earlier, they're able to get the guy that they had their eye on anyway. Um, he ends up getting back to them. Uh, they need to go back and invest a little bit more on the defensive side. And I think this is a tremendous value for this guy at the end of the first round. And they are going to take Trevon Mooring, uh, the safety mm -hmm. out of TCU, um, who is a top 15 grade amongst uh, amongst PFF the past two seasons. He led all FBS safeties in pass breakups for each of the past two years. Um, so I think he's a tremendous pick for them um, at the tail end of the first. Love it. Love it. You know, Trevon Morgan is really the only guy that people are saying and seeing as a first round talent at safety. It is a very, very soft safety class this year, but he is a really good player. The other TCU corner is also very good. And then Javon Holland out of Oregon. But again, I don't see the level of talent this year. I, I, I think this is the one guy, if you're going to take it, you take it in the back end at safety to help shore up that secondary in Jacksonville. I, I do very much think that that would be a wise decision for the Jaguars. Um, the Buffalo Bills. How about this one, huh? The Buffalo Bills at number 30 this might be like the highest the bills have picked since like the early 90s um there are still a lot of talented dudes on the board here especially sitting at receiver there's a running back available there's a couple of linemen still here 
Uh, really, really a lot of talent defensively here. Wow, there's a ton. Um, the Bills. So the Bills, I think, need to get better on, on the defensive line. I think they do. I think they need to get better on the defensive line uh, and just shore that up and, and have it be a little bit more beefy. There are two guys I'm looking at that are available here that I really, really like. Um, and, you know, the one that I'm looking at, I think is the only guy that you can take maybe at this position in the first round, uh, maybe with uh, the second choice here, the kid out of Washington, but I'm going to take Christian Barmore out of Alabama here. It's been too far of a fall for him. I think they would get more beef inside stopping the run uh, for the Buffalo bills. I like that. I may go offensive line here as well uh, as a second pick, but I'm going to stick with Christian Barmore. Best player available is Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Yeah, I like that pick. I think that's I think that's exactly where they need to go. We were saying how they need to add some beef, some size, uh, and that's a big boy. That would definitely add a little bit of meat to their to their uh, their defensive line, for sure. Absolutely. So, Maddie, this is your final pick of the first round. The Baltimore Ravens have traded with the Kansas City Chiefs back into this spot at the end of the first round. They've taken Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU, the wide receiver, already. What else do they address? Yeah, them trading Orlando Brown makes me want to say that they have to take some offensive line here. Um, but I'm also looking at the pass rusher, Greg. Uh, Greg, how do you say the other Miami Greg, edge rusher's Greg, name? Greg Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau, also very interesting possible choice here. Ah, oh, man, I, I think. They'll take – I think they have to go off this line after they traded mm. away. They already needed the, the need. It, it, they already had it before they traded away. So we're going to go with Liam Eichenberg. Yes. Out of Notre Dame. Uh, could play left tackle, right tackle. Has played a little bit of guard as well. Um, so I think they could put him where they need him. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to take Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, uh, the, the school that just generates good offensive linemen. So why not take him out of, uh, out of that, that school? Yeah, there's no bias there. There's no, no there, and there's there's no there's no hard feelings taking a Notre Dame guy when the when a Michigan guy is rated ahead of them. It's okay. Um, I, <laughs> I completely get this pick though. It's all preference. Uh, Liam Eikenberg is huge. He's six six, three hundred and six pounds. He is a man child. First team All ACC last year. Uh, is I mean, it, arms maybe you know a little bit undersized with the arms and. They, they talk about how wanting 33, 34-inch arms. He's 32 and 3 eighths. So, you know, I'm not going to get all into the arm-length situation with everybody. But you know what? I think this is a, is a really good pick. Uh, Liam Eichenberger uh, front loads dudes and is really good in the run game as well. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Time for the final pick from the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I think we talked about this for the Bucs last time we were on uh, and, and how good they are. They are loaded at every single position. There's no question about that. But I think they need to address one specific position in order to really, really help out this team. Uh, and, and that is in the coverage game uh, when they are looking to defend the pass. And there's a guy out there, listen, Brady's been playing with guys as sons, right? And mm -hmm. also guys as fathers. And uh, he played with Antoine Winfield Jr. last year after playing with Antoine Winfield already in his career. So let's give him a guy that he has a former teammate 
whose son is now about to go play in the NFL. And that, my friends, is Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. I love Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, obviously, the uh, genetics do him well. He goes to Florida State. He's right down the road over here with Tampa. I think he's a perfect fit for that team, especially covering uh, you know, guys, they're going to be covering a lot of dudes that are pretty good, like Julio Jones, like Robbie Anderson, uh, a guy that you can put on an island and really uh, help. And listen, the Bucks have done a great job at, at drafting really high value dudes, either late in the draft or late in their first round picks. I think that they do a good job here as well. And they and they do it with Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Yeah, no, I like that pick. I think they definitely need to add some more in their secondary. And uh, I think that's a perfect perfect guy to come in and, and, and fill in for them like i said just great great ball skill great just reactionary to the, what the wide receiver is doing and, and he can absolutely smother guys that's it that's it what a draft i mean there was surprises the first half was going absolutely bananas with trades matt i mean i really really like what we did here that is the conclusion of the first round it is. And so again, uh, I don't know where, where we last recapped. I believe we, we last recapped from the Cardinals down. I don't know if we want to recap from the Raiders this whole second half. I mean, a lot has happened, but uh, I, again, I don't know if we missed on too many guys. Some, you know, there's still some top 50 talents that, as far as what we have notched on our board that are available. But again, they obviously all top 50 guys can't fit in a 30 round first round draft. So uh, definitely the biggest draft would be uh, Rousseau out of Miami. I think as mm. far as who fell the most, um, and then there's so many, there's wide receivers like Elijah Moore and Kadarius Tony that can both be first round picks, I think, because there is a lot of wide receiver talent in this draft. I absolutely believe that. I, I think you're absolutely nailing it on the head with the defensive ends. The defensive ends, there's so much talent there. Aziz Ojolari, Greg Rousseau, Jason Owe, a lot of people like Jason Owe a lot. Even Joe Tryon out of Washington, a lot of people can see him in the first round being taken. But Kadarius Toney is a big fall for him that he would get taken uh, after Terrence Marshall and after Rashad Bateman. Uh, but again, that's where it comes into play with like the slot receiver and which one you like. Some people like Elijah Moore, some people like Kadarius Toney. And, you know, it, that's, that's, a, that's a very, very precarious spot to be in when you're taking a slot guy in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I, again, it's a, just going to be a lot of personal preference and, and team fit for, for, you know, those kind of guys because you could really be splitting hairs. Are you are, – I, I know we already talked about it. The six quarterbacks taken in the first round – do you see Kellen Mond being that guy, or do you think that Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, or those guys are, are more likely to go ahead? I, I'm picking for, for Phil and for team, uh, team chemistry with that pick. So I love what you said about the Bears, and I really think that, again, how we talked about the impact of the 49ers pick. I think if Trey Lance doesn't go to the Niners and maybe, we, again, we get a, a Fields or a Mac Jones kind of situation um, – and then Trey Lance could be leaking back to where the Broncos are at at nine. I don't know if the Broncos are as interested in, and again, like a long-term project. So I think uh, the bears have a quarterback need. They could take a quarterback at the 20th overall pick. They could take a Davis mills. I think, uh, I think that would be their guy if anybody. Um, but again, I also like the chance of them to trade up. Um, I, I, I like that. I really do like that prop of the over five and a half quarterback. So I think I will be on that with you for sure. Love it. 
absolutely love it. I think that that is, uh, it's going to be a shock to a lot of people, but I think that like a guy like Mond or even I think Trask really has a good opportunity too. I mean, the guy was so productive and he's a monster, he's six foot five, 230 pounds. I mean, he's a beast. So uh, by the way, I just got a, a, a liked message sent from our guy, Grant Stewart out of Houston, who's who I, who I've basically been pounding the hammer on for that year too. Who's a, who's a beast, probably going to be like a sixth or seventh round pick, but Grant Stewart just, just sent me a nice little thing, which is kind of funny. I was waiting for you to slide him into the first round just because you're best friends with him right now. So, <laughs> I mean, why not if, slide, slide your best friend into the back half of the first round. Grant Stewart, friend of the program. Uh, high energy, go draft him. They'd be crazy not to. Uh, Maddie, I mean, that's pretty much going to do it for us in this mock draft. I, I think we've we've pretty much nailed everything down for you. Uh, Lewis, you like anything that we've done here? You like the Jets picks? Uh, you know, uh, I do. There, you know, to be honest, if you were to give me the second pick, I, there's part of me that really wants uh, what's his name, the kid Pitts, Kyle Pitts. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Really, really, I I do, I really do, because he's that such a monster. Be. You know what I mean? It's it's you say it all the time. You got to pick the best talent, the best available player, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I you don't see tight ends like him every day. He's he's the best player in the draft. Exactly, he, he is the guy that really breaks the mold. And it's like again, we just have to take him because right. of his, he's so unique. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if the Jets are the team to take him just because they just don't have a quarterback. So, I mean, they yeah. could make a trade. Who knows? Do you think there's anybody that's going to get traded on, uh, like, you know, a quarterback possibly that gets traded on draft night? I don't know. You guys made a couple of trades yourselves. There's only one way to know. We got to wait. And you, see. I mean, the name, the name that stands out to me is, is, is Teddy Bridgewater going anywhere? Is Teddy Bridgewater? I think, I think if the Broncos don't nail a quarterback here, I think Teddy Bridgewater is in play for them personally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not entirely convinced that the Broncos are taking quarterback, but there's rumor mills all over the place. We won't find out until Thursday night because that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun uh, on Thursday night. I mentioned Grant Stewart. I just want to give you a couple names to watch out for that could be steals for you. If you're looking at your team, uh, Brevin Jordan, Miami tight end. I love that dude. He's like the next Johnny Smith for me. I think he could be a really solid player here. We didn't, Jalen Mayfield didn't get drafted. So he's a really, really good offensive tackle here. He might go, if he didn't go in the first round, he's going to go early second round. Give me Quinn Miners out of Wisconsin Whitewater. I was going to pick him with the Titans, but it's too good to pass up on the pick that we made. Um, that was another guy that I really liked. And a couple of the linebackers as well. Jamin Davis out of Kentucky's flying up draft mm-hmm. boards. He's a really fun guy to watch. And Jabril Cox out of LSU, who used to play uh, at, um, at North Dakota State, transferred to LSU. He is a fantastic hybrid outside linebacker, really lengthy guy. So there's a couple of guys to watch out for you if you're watching on draft night. I love it. I knew we were going to get a couple deep dives, couple couple Danny deep dives with the, the late round picks. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Ifiatu Mel and Fonu out of Syracuse is also very good. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. I promise that's the last one. Um, Maddie, it was a pleasure, my friend. I happy drafting and happy draft day, and I hope it all goes well in Denver for you, my friend. We're all we're everybody's going to have their fingers and toes crossed to help our team picks who they want and. Never really ends up being that way, is it? <laughs> it never quite does. Lewis, I don't know what the Jets are going to do, but Godspeed, my friend. Only time will tell. <laughs> Only time will tell. Will there be a future quarterback in New England? 
That's what I'm looking forward to. That's all I want to know. According to us, there will be. So uh, I am very excited. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, I am Dan Zampano. You can listen to us on the Sunday card on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, listen and learn a little bit. The ending of the 2021 NFL Mock Draft 2.0 Sunday card style is complete. We'll listen and talk with you next time on the Sunday card. We appreciate it, and thank you very much for listening. This has been the NFL Mock Draft for the Sunday card.